Welcome to episode 44 of Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and with me as always is Matt Leach. How are you? Great. Good. Because tonight I'm, I'm pretty excited. We've got Andy Wright with us from For The People. Hey Andy. Hello. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very excited. Yeah? I, after listening to not all 43 before, but definitely quite a few. And uh, hearing some good friends, I'm very excited about being here. So thank you for... So it was episode five when we last had a For The Person on. For The Person. Do you like that? Yeah. Came it was almost that. that at that point, I guess. Yeah, so it was. So Jason came on at episode five, but we didn't want to get you on at that point because we didn't have the setup and we wanted to be professional. And we know you have like quite serious riders and that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this has been like a year and a half in the making. Yeah, so we're better be good. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who is Andy? So yeah, well, let's. I want to. I want to talk about your history. I want to get into that very quickly, and particularly history because you actually studied history. So how did, did you, you end up incredibly disappointed? <laughs> 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 I did study history, but I like don't have any like quiz questions about history. I. I, I studied history at a university that it was kind of funny so it's, I got a Leeds University degree it wasn't necessarily Leeds University it was like a college up on the hill <laughs> right next to <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was affiliated um, and I did do history and I did history because my dad said you should do like a classic degree like in England so, so my wife mocks my degree because it's got no practical use Right. Um, but in England, I wanted to do sport. And um, in England, my dad said that sport won't get you anywhere. Um, and it's very narrow. And what you need is something that will you know, broaden your horizons, allow you to do anything. And made, kind of made me do something else, so more classic. And it was history. Over here, I understand that Bachelor of Arts kind of means bugger all. Pretty much. <clears throat> so I have a bugger all degree in <laughs> history and media. Not only did I did I do like a bugger all degree, I did like half it. Right. And, and did media at the same time. So so was that you? Uh, did you pick up media halfway through? Or? I did media because I thought history as like one whole thing was going to be a bit much. Right. So I put media into it as well. So Th- what through in media? <clears throat> yeah. And what 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 sports like? What would I have done? Mm. I didn't do any sport. That's what I wanted to do. Right. Um, you can get a degree in sport. Everyone that I went to uni with, they did a degree in sport. So you just play now sport. now like marketing or recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad, you were right, mate. Well done. Um, but yeah, no, the history degree I found was, has been very, very useful for me. Not for my amazing knowledge of history. I could probably tell you like one date. Like 1066. And now I'm going to get that wrong with like Hastings or something. Um, <laughs> But what it taught me was how to create an argument. So how to understand all the facts around something and then create an argument for or against it. And that's basically all we did in history. Right. So you'd you'd look and you'd analyze events and then create an argument as to why something happened or or didn't. And um, I feel like I can argue with the the best of them. (laughs) Some people might not like that. I disagree. (laughs) Monty Python (laughs) arguing shop. Yeah. it's interesting, though, because I know For the People really believes in storytelling, and, and I know you really believe in storytelling. Is that, do you think they're connected in some way? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think maybe a, a little bit. Um, I think there's just a much bigger, broader belief in storytelling anyway. 
um, Damien talks about a lot about how many businesses have lost the ability to communicate with people right so everything else overtakes a lot of kind of whether it's bureaucracy and politics or whether it's you know thinking that the feature you've just spent a year or two years on creating or a new product creating is the best thing since sliced bread yeah and then you, you kind of forget actually that maybe does anyone care <laughs> um, and so storytelling is is a is an art no i have much more just in the last few weeks appreciation for storytelling as an art because we are currently reading a book at book club so we can talk about book club yeah um mm. uh, for the people and it's called story by a guy called robert mckee and robert mckee apparently coaches like some of hollywood's top script writers and so we're reading this book it's like i'm not in my bag it's, it's like three three fifty pages long it's incredibly dense it puts you off writing a movie <laughs> if you have ever had the desire to write a movie read this book and it will put you off because all of the things that you have to kind of think about as you're creating a story but it's been so interesting for us as a business to look at yeah. what are, what's the construct in terms of how you create a good story and how do you apply that to brands um, so there's everything from like and we've had like debates around what is the brand is it a character is it a genre is it like a subgenre? is it the plot like how do you how do you mm. pick the, the kind of brand in, in these kind of narratives um, but what it makes you really think about is like what will someone care about what are the what are the stakes not just telling your story for the sake of it um, we're thinking about some of the really important things so there's, and there's just there's all these diagrams yeah. through it there's um, so th- this week we talked about the inciting incident and so there's always like once you watch a movie you, you naturally after reading this book you just decode everything yeah um, but there's, there's is always it, is it a little bit like the hero's quest how They've got to go away, and then they end up coming back, and they're changed. So that's the stuff. So Matt, uh, actual storyteller for the people, um, he he does talk a lot about us, the stuff you get taught in school, mm-hmm. and there is a bit of the kind of hero's quest, and you can probably see that bit. But there's there's also, I think when you break it down, there's also quite a typical structure that's not quite that, but um, is quite common in most stories, if not all. Mm. Um, and so. This week we talked about like the inciting incident, which is the thing that happens in a movie that you know is going to lead to something later on. Like it set it up, right? And it's going to happen later on. And that inciting incident basically changes or affects the objects of desire that a character has later on. And then they have to go through all these positives and negatives and ups and downs, <laughs> and like they're they're conscious and they're subconscious until they get to the either they get to their object of desire or they fail in their object of desire. And when you start thinking about it like that, and then you go and watch a film, you go, oh, yeah? And you go, oh, that was the inciting incident. Just <laughs> oh, so you start, like, predicting it and looking through it's, it like it you might with like we might with advertising or graphic design or something. You yeah, can kind of like when you see how the sausage is made almost. Exactly. It's like when you just bought a car and then suddenly you see it everywhere. Like, it, it, it's yeah. right. thing. It's like, oh, now I understand it. I, I sort of see it, see it everywhere. Um, but it's so complex. So that is one chapter of a whole bunch of chapters and you just think, as, as you sat down to write a movie, and you just think, oh, I just write a script. This guy wants to be someone, you know, falls in love, oh, and then they ditch him, and then he loses his job, but then he comes back, and he's like, you know, and you you're really going for him, and then, he, and then, and that's what you think it is. It's like, oh, it's pretty simple. I could that's, do that. That's Jerry Maguire. You just exposed it. Jerry. That was Star Wars too. Anyway, go on. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and so. Yeah, it's but but that's just like the tiniest bits, 
um, to all the other stuff that you have to think about. So yeah, it's it's it, I would encourage people to read Story by Robert McKee. No matter what you you kind of do, like it's very useful in trying to work out stories, mm. even if you use bits of it. I, I think it's been a great book for us. Probably one of my favourites of book club. So explain book club. So book club is um, something we did when we first started the business. We read J- D- um, Jason and I were reading How Google Works. Yeah, good book. Which is a fantastic book, um, and a lot of the things really like it influenced a lot of the ways that we thought about setting up the business and so whenever anyone joins now we kind of make sure that they read how google works but then there was like a point i guess probably about nine months in when we were about eight or nine people and a bunch of people hadn't read it so we said oh let's read it together and then that was kind of how book club was born and so we pick a book each week someone gets selected to do the questions for that week so you have to read it beforehand we don't just sit there in silence and read a book <laughs> um, and then we talk about normally we sort of are able to relate the themes to our business um, we did read we've read a lot of like business books so we've read how google works creativity inc creativity inc's awesome um, this story um, we read one book by a lady called brene brown called rising S- strong i think um, and it was it was quite emotional feelings and you know and that I think it was it was good for us to read. It didn't resonate completely with everyone. Um, some people aren't as in touch with their you know more feminine side. Um, and then we read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I know. Like I was going to say to that. I heard I heard that you were uh, you were reading that. So yeah. and what was that like? Can I can I just jump in? So you you were talking about you're kind of going. You're going to talk about you read some business books, and I'm assuming that you're going to say we read some non-business books, and then you mm-hmm. said Hitchhiker's Guide. Like, like it's not always just the lean startup or sprint or anything like that. It's so why, why well, at we the business? Well, we needed a break from the right. feelings of the original <laughs> the book previously, and so we picked um, yeah, we picked Hitchhikers. And our office is like so nerdy. Uh, I can't talk. There's one person now. We just hired someone who I can talk to about football with. Right. But, um, and not that nerds don't like football, but um, yeah, everyone has, they're, they're so kind of like formed, I guess, you know. So yeah, so I guess, you know, the, the, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came about quite naturally. I'd never read it. I, it's fucked up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, even when I, and even when I like read the story now and think about all these structures, like, Man, what was Douglas Adams thinking when he was doing? Yeah, <laughs> so what was he smoking when he was doing this? Mm. Um, so yeah, and then I tried to watch the movie, and the movie was terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The, because the book, the book it's all in your head, so it's way crazier. Yeah, and it's yeah. so like the movie just felt so cheap. So also, I don't think you should have Martin Freeman as a lead either. Right, I don't agree with that. Okay, he can play God, but he can't he's, be the lead. He's a wing, he's a wingman in the office. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I want to know more about how you went from history and media yeah. to RGA. Yeah, I came out to Sydney for a year, um, and that was a, that was a really like tough year. Um, the it was tough because I was trying to start something at, at Interbrand that we weren't really known for. So you know, retail was something we wanted to get into. Interbrand had a bit of credibility in retail around the world. Um, but the way we went about it was just probably all, all wrong. So you wanted to get into it because because Interbrand had a reputation we, yeah, for it? Yeah, we had a practice. I, like I'd met a few retailers. I kind of liked the idea of trying to crack retail. Yeah. Just because also it's a little bit more accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get that stuff and you see the results straight away. Mm. 
and um, <laughs> we hired a new business person to come in. This is like the classic thing, and I, I actually have Joel, uh, us two, and I have quite a lot of conversations about um, business development. So we, we catch up like once a month or something, and he's going, "Oh yeah, I want another business development person." I was like, "What? Why? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it." And I had such a bad experience of this. Like, this business development person would call up lots of people, hound them. You've probably had them for like, you know, calls. Oh, you should buy this. You should buy this. Buy, okay, come in and see me for a coffee, whatever. And they don't care. And to be honest, a lot of the time they just palm it off to somebody else in there. Oh, I've got this meeting. I can't go. Uh, can you take it? And you, <laughs> I, I have these meetings where I rock up. And they go, hi. Oh, so my boss can't make it. I'm here. Wow, okay. really? Okay. And then you have this like weird, awkward conversation. And then it was just, it went nowhere. They, it was not her fault. Like she was asked to bring in leads. But especially in retail, one, it's such a low margin business that they couldn't afford our fees, basically, hmm. um, unless it was like a massive transformation. And that's not something that you just you plan for a massive transformation mm. right you have got to be ready for it it's not something you just take a cold call for yeah. and then you know someone oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, actually <laughs> let's let's, fuck it. let's just change everything that sounds like <laughs> a good idea I'm not doing anything Thursday yeah <laughs> and yeah. look at retailers as well yeah by the way you know especially Australian retailers who haven't changed anything for years and yeah. years and years and years so it was really pushing shit up here it was one of the most demoralising years of my life trying to sell this stuff <laughs> I did some other projects like on the you know that would, like for Telstra even around digital which was where I really wanted to kind of push a little bit further and um, we did some great work but at the same time I was trying to grow this retail thing it was just like I'm trying to sell something no one really wants mm-hmm. so you're at RGA mm-hmm. and then how's because RGA is obviously very digital has a huge reputation for mm-hmm. reinventing themselves every couple of years I, I still love like the philosophy of, of RGA um, the the way they understand technology, the way, you know, Nick Law used to talk a lot about this kind of idea of saying and doing and and building platforms rather than campaigns. The idea of, and and one of the key things I think even like a lot of businesses now don't understand, which is the idea of functional integration. Right. And like, I guess I've been exposed to quite a few startups more so in in, in our current business. And you see a lot of people building products in isolation they don't connect to anything. And, the, you know, even if you look at RGA the, of the fuel band, and obviously, you know, the fuel band doesn't exist anymore, but... I've still got mine. hasn't disappeared. It hasn't disappeared, but then don't look at what anymore. Apple and Nike... I could be wearing done. it. No one else knows that I'm not wearing it. I could be wearing two of them. <laughs> but look at what Apple and Nike have just done with the Apple Watch. Yeah, And that sure. was, that's what was going to happen. Like, Tim Cook sits on Nike's board or, or the other way around. And yeah. like when, you, when you saw the fuel band disappear... Didn't they take? Didn't they buy out? They they brought across a lot of the designers. I I heard that was the that was the rumor. I think so, and I think it was always the plan for the Apple Watch, and it's like a perfect it's a perfect fit, right? Um, but like the fuel band would never have been what it was if it was just a band, right? And if and if it and it was just on Nike's website, it was everything that it connected up to in the Nike ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So you know, and even if you had one of those little things that you put in your shoe. Um, and then the ability to kind of track your performance, knowing yeah. like a Nike then knows how long you've had your shoes for, how many miles you've done. Like suddenly, imagine what you have at your fingertips. Mm. It's like you know everything about your best customer. Mm. And like Nike Plus customers would spend, 
I think like on average like another 120 150 dollars a year on stuff and so they understood this idea of integration but people who just businesses that just create products in isolation and they don't connect up to anything are asking you to buy or do another thing yeah right like carry this other thing use this other thing and it's like and yet it doesn't talk to anything else and so for me that's like a massive you know philosophy that we still have in our business um, in terms of understanding how these things need to need to hook up, I mean that's a perfect analogy for Apple as well. Just that whole, like for me to move away from Apple, you couldn't now. No, it's just it's too hard because everything talks to itself and it's, it's great. So, and you know, as we move into the Internet of Things, that's just going to become more and more prevalent, isn't it? I mean, even more so with stuff they've just done around Bluetooth. So they've upgraded Bluetooth. Yep. Um, and you know, and you notice it. So even if you've logged into a place with Wi-Fi on your laptop and then you look at your phone, you're logged in on the Wi-Fi, right? Like mm. the next time you go. Mm. Um, and so like that stuff, it, it's the seamless. And now I think the new Bluetooth stuff has like seamless pairing. Yeah. So you just literally yeah, stick, it looks pretty great. stick the pods next to the, the, the phone and they're done. There's, I there's know, no I know, I know. settings, Bluetooth, pair. And mm. it's always buried settings as well. But it's only, yeah. it's only if you're using Beats, isn't it? Because Beats is the only one that's using it. At the moment, is it? I didn't know that. Uh, Which maybe. is owned by Apple. But yeah. the, yeah, but maybe the any new, the new um, Bluetooth pod pods, mm. they'll they'll do that as well. Yeah, yeah. But that will be the way that you go now. Like, you know, basically the the usage use cases are kind of catching up with with technology, yeah. um, and because they're designed in a certain way to do so. So then, are we locked in then? Like, did we make that early choice early on in in our in our lives, and then we're kind of locked into that brand from then on? You could say that about Microsoft. Yeah. You know, were we all locked into Microsoft Office? Well, when, you know, depending on who you are and what you do every day, but no, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I find that, you know, you're probably locked in for a, for a certain number of years, but who's to say that it's not going to change? Yeah. Um, I, I think you just can't say you're locked in. I used to, I fought Apple for so long. I had an <laughs> iRiver. Right. You have an I, I don't even know what that is. So no. an iRiver. You know why I had an iRiver? Because... It's so hipster. I wanted... <laughs> <laughs> it was so not. Um, I had, like, um, all my music in folders in Windows, and all I wanted to be able to do is just drag and drop. Yeah. And I couldn't do that with the iPod. I had to drag them into iTunes. They had to convert, yeah. and then I had to take them into my iPod. And whereas there was this thing called the iRiver, and it was just like you, you plugged it in, and you dragged it and dropped it onto the iRiver, and it was done. Hmm. And I like I tried to convert everyone to the iRiver. <laughs> turns out the iPod one. So yeah. <laughs> tried to fight the iPod. And now I have every fought the good fight. Possible. Respect. But yeah, sounds like a sounds like a losing fight. Yeah, that's that's kind of something to remember about about now, where people are kind of complaining about the wireless headphones and this big change. And um, I was talking to John Christensen from Mentally Friendly today, Hi. and um, he was saying, "You're going to get the new iPhone." I said, "No, I think I'm just going to get the six because I only have the five. Because the headphone things, I ride a bike, have a headphone in one ear, listen to, you know, people talking, no music or anything like that. And he said, and I said, I just don't, I think it's a bit of a jump. And he said, do you remember when they took the CD drive out of the laptop? Mm. Like, yeah. And he went, yeah, people said the same thing then. Like, you'll just get used to it and then yeah. think. <clears throat> remember when you walked down the CD? street, like talking to yourself with headphones in? Yeah. You were weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone does that now. Yeah. yeah. I just got my first 
pair of wireless headphones and i have to say it's well you're all set it's awesome it's like i broke so many chords i don't know i don't know whether it was just me but like just i went through so many chords each year probably one a month yeah where it was just it was just broken and so i i actually i'm i'm with the with the bluetooth headphones i think there you go we have a client who who's like even more tech savvy than me in terms of like early adoption and getting gadgets and stuff and i told him i'd just been the bullet and bought um some noise cancelling bass headphones and he goes I hope you got the wireless ones and I was like well, he goes, well there's no headphone jack so what are you going to do and I was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> but there, but there is how long ago was it how long ago was this I just bought them in like May April May but there, I mean I think that's the big thing is like there is a headphone jack it just plugs into yeah, the is, light, be fine. into be the fine. lightning port so. yeah, yeah we'll see or I just buy a pair we'll, of wireless we'll alright so you've moved to For the People give me the elevator picture For the People and I was kind of was kind of we'll uh, compare it we'll get we'll get the audience as well as us we'll just compare it to jason see who does it better yeah yeah <laughs> no, no pressure or anything <laughs> it would have been jason, jason would have been for the people at that stage uh i think it was just happening he was at was for he? the people yeah. i don't think we had a, an elevator pitch necessarily so you have a manifesto and, and also, everything i was kind of when one of your employees was kind of said oh, ask him for the elevator pitch i see I, you did um i see in like some of the questions you sent across you did a bit of digging <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, we were talking about this. We've talked about this a lot. Right. Who the fuck pitches in an elevator? <laughs> well, we heard that people bitches in an elevator. The what? People were bitching in an elevator. <laughs> yes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Very good. I thought it was Very pretty good. good yeah, that's uh, good. good. Sorry, Sorry, I, was, I got it. I was so slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, know, I was talking with Damien about this. Thing, I guess. I only dickheads pitch in an elevator. <laughs> Why do we need an elevator pitch? He got really angry. And then like, one of our team asked if she could take him through some work. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> not, not a good time. Um, yeah, I, I, we have clients who come to us as well and go, oh, like, you need help. we need help with our elevator pitch. And elevator pitches are for startups yeah. when they have like three minutes on stage at a demo day and you have to have pretty good elevator pitch. I have never been in that situation. I've never been in the situation where I was like, hey, you got three minutes with that client, go. And most of the, the elevator pitches you have to do are like their presentations or their meetings and they're at least half an hour. And really what they should be is you listening to what it is that they need and then me telling them whether I can deliver it or not. And, or, or at least telling them, hey, that's not what you need and what you need is maybe this. And so, look, there, there are things about For the People that we set up to do intentionally different. Um, so there are things like, you know, we, we bring multiple disciplines together at the very beginning of a project because we have no predetermined outcomes. So we're not an ad agency that no matter what an ad agency tells you, at some point, a script's going to come across your desk. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know that. Um, if you're a digital agency, like no matter what the problem is, the, the answer is gonna be some sort of app or website. If you're a branding agency, no matter what the problem is, it's like, oh, rebrand, done, everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. right? and, like, and that's not to like do a disservice to those, um, those companies either, but often I know even from the past, like I can see things within a client's business that's just clearly they need to fix, but I give them the solution brand because that's what my job was right or advertising whatever it was mm -hmm. and so the more different perspectives you get in at the beginning of a project the the multiple different ways of solving the problem you can get so that's kind of like one key thing that we wanted to make sure we delivered on um, and and the other thing is sort of just like the way that we work overall so for me like agencies suffer from having to deliver to DARS 
right? Right. Everything that gets built up into a presentation. And it's like you, you got briefed, you probably got like two, three, maybe four weeks of like working on something and you got to go back and you got to present in an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to take someone on a journey that you've just been through for four weeks in an hour and expect them to get it. And they they can't. Like you, you don't deliver on it most of the time. And take pitching. Pitching is the same, yeah. right? So it's, so in pitching, you, you put all this effort in. It costs you way much more probably than the job that you were going to get. And lots of different teams working on it. Anyone you can grab in the agency, senior people because it's like a big thing for the agency. It's like, oh, this is a big client. We should win this. And you present and you will never ever meet that high again <laughs> because from that point onwards reality sets in yep. and you know actually what they need is something else they just like testing you creatively but they're never going to allow you to be that creative ever again yeah. right <laughs> and all you all you all you're allowed to do now is just kind of constantly go downhill and maybe with a little few peaks yeah. on the on the way um, and and so i just like i i had enough of the tada we video stuff, we video internal sessions for our clients and send them to them, whether they're in Sydney, whether they're in Colorado, whether they're in New Zealand, like wherever. And we take them on the journey. They see everything that we've discussed, argued about, discarded, got excited about, and they see the, the process. And it's kind of good, because then, and, but without having to be involved in it and like ruin it. But, um, <laughs> the, there's a client the moment we have in the States she, she loves our videos like so much I'm sure like, she loves the work all the more for the videos that yeah. are kind of, of coming in and even um, the stream time job that we did I remember when we sort of like went off script and did a presentation to Aaron and he was like really underwhelmed because we were at such an early stage of the project where the work was shit at that point mm. you know, and it is the only thing that matters really is what goes to market and so all the stuff before then is just like whatever and had I not sent him the video of the session we had where actually like Damien and I disagreed about something (laughs) quite vocally (laughs) but we just like recorded it and sent it and he goes okay I'll be honest I've got this email I've uh, I've kept it slack message and he goes "Um, I'll be honest with you I I found the presentation quite underwhelming like I felt like you just told us stuff that um, we've been thinking about for the last three you know, months and what we've been doing for the last three years, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this is us getting our head around it. And my response to that really was, okay, that took us two weeks to get to something that you've been doing for three years. So actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> and, and then um, he said, oh, but what you guys discussed and where you're starting to think is absolutely gold. Um, you should charge for that. And he goes, "Oh, wait a minute, I'm paying for it." <laughs> <laughs> and and but so these videos now are like a major part of the way that we work because it's just transparency of process, and and clients get to see. So there's no surprises. Mm-hmm. There's never a surprise in a presentation. There's no like, "Hey, look at this. We suddenly renamed you and made you look like this." <laughs> it's like, well, you already knew what the name was, and we'd already shown you some of that work. You saw stuff on the wall when we videoed it. Tick. Like it, there's no today, and the work's better for it. So what you do during yeah. that process is you spend your time moving up this this graph, and things getting better rather than moving down it and trying mm. to hit some high that you promised at the beginning. So something that you touched on there is um, so, so so it's an elevator, not not a 
Not a lift. It's an escalator. Yeah. It's yeah, sorry, it's yeah. <laughs> so it's an escalator. If you need to keep not an elevator and escalators into this, yeah, sure. Well we're just not we're just not we're just not taking the stairs. Yeah. That's, that's the important thing. Um so it's kinda of, so it's flipped on its head, obviously. That sort of makes it seem like the and you sort of touched on it that the beginning is the hardest part in some ways then. You said that the client was underwhelmed, mm. he could have maybe walked away at that stage. Like you're talking before how you start out really, really high and everyone's like, all right, we've got this creative agency and then reality sets yeah. in over time and no one ends up happy. It trails out. There's a product that maybe, oh, if we had more time, we would have done this. Yeah. The client's like, oh, maybe if we went with the other agency, maybe we would have done this. It's or- incredibly confronting for all involved. Right. right. Because clients don't really see the good stuff until the end. And so they have to trust us. Right. Like they, they, yeah. have, they, they see crap work, hmm. which we know is crap. We told them it was going to be crap. We tell them it's like, I, sometimes I put this thing up as if it's like scientific but you put like a, a piece of paper on the wall it says 20% like that's how far the, through we are uh, who knows what that fucking number is but, um, but it's really just to get the point across like we're still at shit stage and it's not shit stage it's like just working stuff out mm. and but that's confronting for them because they're like oh my god did I make the right choice it's just they never saw that from any other agency they work with they've all been through it yeah um, but it's also very confronting for your team because designers and, and in fact everyone that works the perfectionists right you don't want work to go out the door that isn't good mm. because that's your reputation and it's because like, someone's going to judge you around whether your work's any good or not and so a lot of people find it very hard once they first come in to, to kind of get into this this rhythm of like shit but it, I'm not really happy with it so mm. I don't care like it's, it's they don't care either really don't worry about it and it was easy for me to say, I didn't do it. But, you know, like, <laughs> I find like there's a lot of hypocrisy in our business because we're trying to make people do stuff that we never actually did growing up. Right. You know, like, you know, we put them into all these models and we ask them to do things in a different way. Yeah. We never did it. We're just yeah. like forcing it upon them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's tough. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's just it means that you can you can take them along the process. It is very confronting. It's hard for people to kind of grasp. It, there's there's a few people that like it just didn't fit at our place because of a whole bunch of things um, like we don't have any hierarchy so you don't get a whole bunch of support really you have to work things out and on, I, on your own but because that hierarchy is pretty that's pretty key to for the people isn't it because you you want a very flat structure I hate hierarchy right I, I and I I hate hierarchy for what it's become not what it was intended to do hierarchy was put in place to reward people and to show progression in people's careers. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it like that, it's like, it's spot on, it's great. But what it's become a lot in our industry, and I'm sure in other places, is a way of like appeasing people, right? So what happens is so-and-so gets a promotion. Well, I'm as good as that person. Why don't I get a promotion? Right. I'm gonna leave if you don't give me a promotion. So, okay, right, we'll give you a promotion. Or um, I'm gonna give you a pay rise. And some people like, instead of giving a pay rise, they'll take a promotion, right? yeah. Just give me the title. It's like, it means nothing. You can, it, it's no recognition actually really, as much as it's said, and I'm being massively generalist here, I'm sure. In many places, people deserve their promotions. But often, there is this situation where people get promoted and it's because you don't want them to leave or you can't afford to give them a pay rise or you don't think you should. So they get like, and then you get these ridiculous job titles like yeah. associate design <laughs> director, or like associate account director, or like senior account director, or like like what? Junior vice ladder. president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and there's and it's all over the world. 
And there's this, this ladder, and the ladder that once had like five rungs in it now has like 20 rungs in it. And does it mean anything? No. And actually all it does is just it, it, it plays on people's egos, it pisses people off that didn't get that stuff, and it creates so much bureaucracy and politics that I just didn't want any of that in our business. And I saw that in agency land, it's big mm. like that anyway. Mm. And it's like, well, let's just not have any hierarchy and we won't have any bureaucracy. And, and we still have stuff, obviously, right? You fix one thing, you break another. Um, and there's still plenty of things that we are by no means perfect. Um, but for me, that was one of the big ones I just didn't want to have to deal with. It was so, particularly at the design conference in Brisbane, where you went on stage and were given a live performance review by That was Joe. meant to be the other way around. <laughs> really? <laughs> it started as, um, the whole idea started, there was a girl at um, Yelp in the States mm-hmm. who like, I think she got, no, she didn't get fired. She wrote an open review of her boss on the internet. Right, yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. And then she was that. like on Medium yeah. or something yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and then like Joe was like, oh, let's do this at, at Design Conference. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. And so we'll do a performance review. And she goes, yeah, okay. And then it turned into this performance review of me and the business and like other people talking about what wasn't working. It was great though. I mean, it was, it was really insightful. We, um, we were lucky enough to sit in the, sit in the audience and yeah. we were really comfortable. I mean, yeah. how are you? Watching you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. Like, so obviously I saw, the, like I saw the deck, but I didn't hear the recordings. Uh, so from we wanted the other. to keep some of it. Like, we wanted to keep it as real as possible. Yeah. And Joe really only showed me the deck like a few days before. Um, so I had a little idea of what was coming. Um, but the recordings were, like, I didn't hear at all. Right, and so I got to kind of like react in real time. And these are audio recordings from other from staff, from people in the business talking about our business. Yeah, from pe- people in your flat hierarchy um, who yeah. were giving you a performance review. Yeah, or like the business, but yeah, yeah. It, it's personal, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I, I thought it was fascinating, and I thought it was really, I thought what you're trying to do really came out, and I think I think almost you can see Joe kind of better understanding it on stage as well which is kind of which is kind of cool so Uh, yeah and i I, I, to be honest when we set up for the people we the the industry overall has this beautiful veneer of you know we are amazing we do these this work we have these awards um and you know you go to the designers and they are they're perfectionists and they're so you know they're great at everything and you know nothing could be better than working in agency land and we like very intentionally wanted to take the veneer off and just be completely transparent. And the podcast, even like the you know the by the people podcast, was a massive part of that. Um, the way we work with clients, a big part of that. If we're going to go to a conference, like let's tell them, like Jason on stage at Adobe um, Make It was very honest about like how he felt about how the business was going at certain stages. And we've had like big blowups. You know, and like we're happy to to talk about it because life isn't as perfect as everyone thinks thinks it is. Mm. It's funny people talk. People like sometimes send us messages every now and again, and I know we we like we just hired someone who's I think it's going to be a good hire um, out of out of London, and it's like oh someone sent us a message. You got him? What? Oh, you, you know he must have offered him loads of money. It's like money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're like not quite two years old. We're in a house in Surrey Hills. I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm on like a salary that I was on 
close to when I first got to Australia. Right. And so, you so know, more, we're not so more than any a, more money, believe me. <laughs> more than te- more than coaching tennis and less no, RGA. No, no, no. I think so tennis coaching was tennis coaching was still the pinnacle. That is yeah. pretty, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> it's a white Pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting towards the end of the show, but what's what's next with for the people? What's what's happening next? What's on what's on your mind? Um, I, th- I think well, so we just re- rewritten the way the business is going to work. <laughs> so okay. So hierarchy? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no hierarchy. <laughs> Hierarchy's still out. But I think you know we talked about this idea of um, a flat structure, and what we only the only thing we ever delivered was flat. I think yeah. I said that at the conference. And, we, you know, we forgot about the structure bit. <laughs> and, and so, you know, most, to be honest, most of the gripes are from people not really knowing who they're supposed to check things with. Or, and, and we give a lot of autonomy. And, like, some of the older people kind of understand some of the younger ones. But, you know, it's just, again, like, we're asking people to do something we'd never done. And if somebody, if I was put in a situation at their age, yeah, maybe I would not do very well either, to be honest. Mm. Um but hitting 15 people, you know, like I guess we ran the business on sort of principles and hoped that everyone would kind of like grasp them and, and go with them and, and like make the same decisions we would after however many years of experience, um, which obviously, you know, doesn't, doesn't work fully. And so we are we're rewriting the, the business model. We're rewriting the way that we charge clients. We're rewriting the way that we run projects. Um, we are disciplining we like discipline's our biggest thing you know you work for a large agency and you never had to worry about cash flow mm. you know like doesn't matter wpp's got the tab it's all yep. fine omnicom <laughs> ipg whoever it is and whilst you get a bit of a grilling by a finance director at the end of every month um the reality is your margin still looked fine and that's all anyone was really looking at yeah <laughs> margin means nothing in our business right now revenue per month means nothing i had this i have a spreadsheet that i've sort of used from past jobs and we just got to the point where it's irrelevant it's, it's completely irrelevant oh we're going to do this amount of money this month mm, the bank account didn't say we did that amount of money this month and one person didn't pay for like a hundred days um mm. well i could get started on that um, <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred days late on, a, on an invoice um and then, you know, like we ourselves, you know, oh, we haven't delivered quite the end of that project yet, so I can't bill it, you know, because that's what we agreed with the client. We'll bill them like 50% up front, 50% at the end or something. And so, you know, as once you, you know, once it's fallen behind and something else was more important and then you didn't do that last thing, I can't bill it and so we've got no money. And so we're, we're building a model which where the time taken on projects is much more directly related to the revenue that you recover on. Right. And, and and what I want to try and deliver into that model, we've, we've talked about whole things of like in flat structures, you have um, potential like profit share. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's, you know, and, and I think more and more so people see startups and go profit share, great. Um, even though most of them don't make any profit. And, and, and you know, if, if you're doing profit share at our place, cool, here's a dollar, fill your boots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to make some profit first. Um, and so, but what we want to try and do is like, you know, if we actually do, if you do more work and we bill all of that work, why shouldn't I give you more money? It's almost like a commission basis. Well, just not even commission. Like, I, I, it's just much more related to what you do, the value we, we get from you as a business. Right. 
Um, so if you if you work more hours and actually you've been more successful on projects, and importantly, there's this like peer element to this as well, which is like your team thinks you are critical to the success of something, then why why shouldn't we give you more money for it? And then over time, why shouldn't this be tied to how much I can charge you out for, right? Because you're more valuable, so I can charge more for you. And I don't need to keep all of that. Like, I, I, I will get a certain amount of that anyway, or Damien, Jason, and I will get a certain amount of that anyway. Um, but if I, I can charge more for you, then we're all better off. And so rather than like end of year performance reviews and 360s and bonuses, which, you know, and bonuses in the big companies, you only ever got put into a pool and then it was how your business, so much of it was out of your control. Why not give you stuff based on your control, what's in your control? Mm. And so that's the model that we're kind of trying to build at the moment. I love the fact that you guys are constantly kind of experimenting and trying and and you know you've got staff that want to be a part of this as well which is so yeah. so good because i think this is where the new stuff's going to come from and i just get bored as well so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what like, it I really constantly is want to do things <laughs> differently even when someone like shows me something it's almost been done before like, ah, we did that last time let's do something <laughs> something something different um but we did so the podcast has sort of taken a bit of a back seat recently yeah so what what's happening with that because what you're well, up we got to rid of the guy that did the podcast and then we never did another podcast so <laughs> 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 Unsurprisingly, um, now we did. So the beauty was we like we presented this new model to the staff, um, to, to everyone in the team the other day, and um, then like six or seven of them got together <clears throat> and recorded a chat in in a, in a room at the back, and it's been like it's been great to hear. So for all that kind of what's funny about our business, like for all that openness and transparency, like we're constantly anything's a problem comes to see us. You know, it would tell us about everything, good, bad, whatever. And some of them do. Like, I've been told, hey, I got approached by this other agency, you know, should I go for an interview or not? And, like, we have very open conversations about that, and it's great. Um, and so, anyway, these guys, the, the guys went and, and had a chat the other day about everything I'd presented around, hey, here's how, here's how we're going to do business in the future. And I didn't get much feedback when I did the presentation. In fact, I actually felt a bit meh. After that, really? it's like, oh, no one really reacted. It's like, I put a lot of work into this, you know. And I was like, oh, does anyone really care? And anyway, they had this like big long hour chat, and we're going to release it as a as a podcast, right? Because um, you know, warts and all. And it was great to hear how they're thinking about it, uh-huh. and what's going to work and what's not going to work, and you know, and you know that will now inform what we do with the with the model, and that's what it was intended to do. But I do find like it's funny, like. They won't come and talk to you about something, but they'll talk into a microphone knowing that you're going to listen to it. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and put it on a podcast. And yeah. put it on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that's. I mean, that's what I love about your podcast, and and I guess what I'm excited about seeing that this is still going is just it was so brutally honest. It was so raw. Mm. I mean, I've talked to you about this before, but there was one conversation between you and your wife. And it was just like, wow, you know, it was just, it wasn't just about what was happening in the studio, but it was about how it affects everything outside of the mm-hmm. studio as well. And just, uh, I just thought it was, it was really good and something you, sh- you should keep doing because I think. Yeah, and I want to keep doing it. Like, I, I find it, it's great for us anyway. And, it, and I just feel like it's good for the industry. Like, you know, we should be able to talk about these things. Like, yeah. I think that so much gets unsaid. It always has to be good news, right? <laughs> yeah. The Facebook effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, it's the veneer. Yeah. And, you know, why shouldn't we show people what's what's really going on? I mean, like, we, we always thought, wouldn't it be great, like, starting a business if we had this kind of resource? And that's really why we sort of started. Do you think yeah. clients 
are you worried about clients reacting to? No, I, th I think clients appreciate the honesty mm -hmm. and the trust. We we have, <clears throat> I, I think, like the client thing is interesting because we have um, a whole bunch of different clients that have approached us and that we worked with, and they love the idea of for the people. And then you have to filter out which ones love the idea and which ones want to do it. So we've had clients in the past love the idea, CEO's been in, dogs been running around, you know, we talk about openness, transparency, collaboration, different disciplines, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then two days later, you get a call about, um, can you just uh, split out these costs for me around who's doing what? And also like, and then like a couple of weeks later, I haven't really seen Damien at many of these meetings, so does that mean you're going to charge us less for his time? And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> we don't, like, we don't have one, we don't have client service. So, and, and, and you're not paying for that, right? So you're not paying for all this, like, account management admin stuff. So we just don't do it with lo-fi. Like, we, there's none of that. We don't really do that many presentations. We'll just present stuff up on a wall, and if it's, as long as it gets us to the end point, and it's the end point that gets to market, by the way, not the yep. presentation that sits on your computer, and, yep. mm. um, then you know that's how we can charge what we can charge, and that's why we spend more time working things out than we do like administrating stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and and so people say they're like, yeah, that's great, love it. Don't I want to work directly with the people that are doing the stuff, and then they treat the people who are doing the stuff like account managers. Yeah, mm. yeah. And we have to go, hey, this isn't working, and let's. Maybe that'll change over time. Like, as you said, this might be the first time they're experiencing this. Yeah, so they're, they're getting used to that's, it. That's exactly how, how, it would, how it would work, I think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we're almost out of time now. Uh, God, we're going to do this thing where we we constantly don't get through the list, but there's something I really want to talk about. So have we got time cool. to... Yeah. So Creative Mornings, you came in and did a talk, which is now online, so, you, so anyone yeah. can go and watch it. It's well worth watching. You did another piece off the back of that, which uh, I think you posted on LinkedIn, mm. which uh, was a written piece, which kind of went into more detail. But I, I wanted to talk more about that talk and, and particularly particularly what, what you spoke about there, because you, you were speaking about risk. Uh, and it was an amazing talk. And, and I think a lot of the people in the audience were, were quite emotional by the end of it. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know how to, you, you, you basically talked through what it is to risk stuff and then at the very end you put up your own risky thing to talk about mm. so yeah, like you're doing a great job of actually <laughs> dancing articulating <around. laughs> how the like the problem yeah um around depression and uh, I, I mean so yeah I, I talked about how um last year i got i got diagnosed with depression and anxiety and probably something that I'd had like for years. I mean, and that's what she said. Um, and I talked also in the, in the thing about like how you get diagnosed, which is just totally fucked up. You just still questionnaire. And, and really? So, so that's what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doc, so Doc I think I've got something wrong with me and here's a questionnaire. You could do it and you, you, might, you might get close to having, you might already have it. Just don't talk about it. Like that's what many people do. And um, I remember, so I hadn't told anyone about it, and I'm not very good at talking about stuff like that. And I, like I told Damien and Jason the day before, because I sort of thought it was only fair that my business partners should probably know about this. 24 hours. Yeah, well, yeah. It was, it was, Professional courtesy. Hey, guys, by the way. It, it, was, <laughs> it was lunchtime the day before, and oh, so, right. yeah, yeah, morning the day after. And 
I, I like I did. I, talk, I told them about how, like how you you get it almost, and there is. You can go online now. You can. It's got a name. I can't forget. I remember. Can't remember what the name was. But um, you do a survey. You answer a bunch of questions, and I had like a snapshot of it in the presentation, and the there are questions that like you know how often do you feel you know low how often do you feel and so like there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that you could easily answer yeah quite often and so and that's kind of like how i i feel i don't know whether it's right or not the way that it, mm. it's diagnosed and anyway it turned out it was it was quite bad and i didn't like it's not like myers briggs where you you know when you do myers briggs <laughs> you try and cheat it and go oh maybe i want to be extravert <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, damn i was just this again uh, <laughs> um and so you fill this thing out and we were, we were going to like a, a counselor at the time and she, she sort of made me do it and i kind of as, as well i like i kind of resent her for making me do it as well you know oh, just really? because well, just because like she's the bearer of bad news, you know. And so I know it's not shoot the messenger, but it's it's just a strange feeling yeah. for mm. someone to tell you that you're not right. Um, and I, I think I even like talked about it being kind of broken. Um, and then the other thing that I find just in- incredibly strange about it is then so so really, if you want to, you can have depression tomorrow, right? And some people like have this disp- disposition maybe of like always wanting the things to not turn out. Um, and you, so you could you could have it tomorrow. You could fill out the, the the questionnaire. You could then go and see a doctor, and you could get pills. And 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 I I find that quite strange. Yeah. Obviously, it's not designed for that. Um, but I found that yeah, I just found that weird. And the, you know the the biggest thing that's hard to deal with, and that you you kind of know it at the time, but you don't do anything about it, is that you think everyone is against you. So no matter what they do, you think that some, there's some sort of personal thing against you, right? right? Like, there's an agenda. Yeah, it could be, and it could be anyone. Like you know, it, it, it could be Jason, it could be Damien, it could be my wife, and you just think like they, you know, actually they don't have your best interests at heart, and mm-hmm. they're trying to like, you know, you're doing all this work or you're trying to do all this stuff at home and try and balance everything, and you just feel like no one appreciates. Yeah, you. and they do, right? Mm. But. It, it's and so it's hard to kind of think that way, and it almost takes like an extreme moment to bring it all to a head and like knock it out of you, and to then realise that oh hey oh, they're not that bad are they? Yeah. And and so it makes it really 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 hard, um, and you you sort of don't. I don't that's what I mean. It's like it's, it's it's kind of subconscious until that point. Now the other thing with it with like men. In general, British men probably even more so. <laughs> um, there's a great there's a great program on at the moment. Uh, Very British problems on Netflix. Right. You should. You, it's excellent. It explains Britain perfectly. <laughs> um, and but we don't talk about our feelings. And in, certainly in my family, we never talked about our feelings. Um, and that's quite hard with like in my family where Vanessa's family are incredibly open. You know, right. About everything. And so, you know, my wife finds it quite strange when I just won't talk about things. Still now, like this week. Mm. And the thing I like, I find hard about it, and this is like we, we had a sort of mini argument the other day about Are You OK Day. Mm. And all anybody is really doing about this problem right now is awareness. Right. And awareness doesn't fucking help, right? I mean, mm. it probably does. I'm 
and I'm, <laughs> I, I'm very extreme like it's either one or the other and I don't feel like awareness helps I feel like, like even my issues with advertising well we can solve the problem by telling people about it in a different way no you can't it's still shit you still have something crap that hasn't been fixed yet yeah and so you know it's you know the the, the story about advertising agencies are for, are for companies that have crap products <laughs> like, I just tell people more stories mm. and so I feel like the awareness problem with depression and anxiety and even suicide um, is not being solved by campaigns like are you okay or even Movember mm-hmm. it's great it's good that more people are aware of it but it has done nothing to as far as I can see to decrease yep. the rates of, of depression and suicide which is what you were talking about in your article you wrote because at the end of the article you actually ask if anyone's interested in actually developing something. Yeah. So so the I think the thing I th- I see is that so so basically there's like two extremes to this and nothing in the middle, right? So you tell everyone about it and you get are you okay? And I, I hate it. If someone asks me are you okay, I yeah. hate it. If I get home and Vanessa asks me, Hey, how are you feeling? Or like how's your you know levels of whatever I hate that question. I don't mm. want to talk about it. I never ever wanted to talk about mm. it. I like you need to like we need foreplay. You need to like warm me up <laughs> you know, and ease into it and then maybe I'll kind of open up about how things have been going this yeah. week. But don't just get in with the like the how you feeling, <laughs> you're broken and you know. And it's like like she doesn't think that at all. But that's how you kind of feel. It's like, how's your brokenness this week? Is how I kind of take. <laughs> how broken are you yeah, today? Exactly. How Andy? broken are you? You need, you need about 50, scale minutes, of 50 minutes on a podcast. Zero to <laughs> minus 10. Exactly. We're at the end, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's why are you okay is like for me. It's like, how broken are you right now? Yeah. You put it perfectly. And so there's, there's that on one end. And then on the other end, and I was showing some, some guys at work the other day. Because so, I'm researching about all this at the moment, and I, I like I do want to do something about it, and so there's all these apps, all these apps for depression. Because you know the answer is an app, right? Sure, it's always an app. Go to digital, the answer is an app, and um, so you, you jump on and you you just find and like and, and forums and online and you know even with sort of Matt the other day I was talking about like we were talking about like WebMD and how you know when you've got <coughs> oh shit I got cancer it said so on the website everybody everybody else had these symptoms I have a bit of a like I have a bit of an ache and I've got this lump and like no, I got cancer and so there's this self-diagnosis issue and basically when you get into forums about depression it, you're at the other end of the scale where you're like, and this isn't to mean anything about people who post in those forums, but it feels like you're with a bunch of nutters, right? And you just go, I'm not that bad, surely, right? And there's people mm. like, but, and, and also like, I just feel like terrible for them because there's crying out for help. Like I've got two apps on my phone right now. One of them asked me at eight o'clock every night, if I had I not turned it on airplane, airplane mode, uh, how are you feeling? Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Maybe that's why you hate it. You're getting push notifications. Do you get little ones and twos and threes if you don't answer no, so it? Well, or so they have little stuff like this, right? And and then you have so basically people download this app and it's it's pretty regular. Like I'd say there's like four or five posts a minute on this app, and people are like it's anything from oh you know I feel fat and horrible and blah blah, blah to like I'm I'm thinking of killing myself or like so it's, and it's like don't post that on an app. It's too late, yeah. right? Mm. And and like also, there's no one else to help you there. It's everyone else has got that problem as well. So what? We all feel better by like talking about 
how shit we feel together and then someone like send someone a hug send someone a hug right the button the hug button mm. is that like instead go, of like liking something or yeah, that's right a, and you go a, yeah. okay well that didn't i don't think that made that much difference maybe it does right i mm. I'm, again i'm extreme but I, I don't think that solves the problem however i do think that there's an opportunity now with like all of the technology that, that we do have and i and i think that the opportunity is in better predicting every, every app that you have to do stuff with is not a good app Every app that can actually, like you set it up and it does stuff for you, is a great app. Right. Right. So, take if I let's say I had an Apple Watch on right now, my calendar is synced. Um, it's probably all I need, and I could, <clears throat> I, w- I would be able to feed this this product or whatever it is, data about my heartbeat, my temperature, um, where I am where I'm about to be, yep. where I was, who I was with, and you know, a whole, I'm sure, a plethora of other information that would be really, really interesting. This thing would be able to predict mm. when I'm about to feel crap. Yeah. In fact, it would tell me the situations where I feel crap. And this works in two ways. One, it would tell me like, okay, you've got something coming up, we've witnessed three times previously that you're about to enter a, a stressful situation, right? It's this, this person that you always meet. <laughs> it's, it's at the end of the day. It's, you know. Splin Tracy <laughs> Wait, on yeah. a podcast. I was about to say, honey, every time I come home, my phone starts ringing and tells me I really need to leave. <laughs> and that's what's at the, yeah. Yeah, and, and so it would tell me that. But more importantly, it, it, I guess, in a better way, it could tell people around me potentially, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. I I hate the the awkwardness of being asked. And I'll be honest, like, ever since I did that talk, it's been really interesting the reaction mm-hmm. that you get. And I wrote the the, the piece as well, and so to, to kind of accompany it. And I've had like ex colleagues from five or six years ago email me, and it's been like that's been excellent. I've had. Um, a couple of people from from like the UK, a couple of people from the States, like people who have sort of read this stuff and like are interested in getting in touch. People recommend other people who are doing work in this area and that kind of that kind of stuff, and it's, that's been excellent. Um, and then and and there was this also this like everyone who contacted me in the first few days after, female. Oh really? I uh, I think one male one one male because we can't talk about this stuff. Yeah, right. and so mm. dance around. Ah, it. you'll be right, mate. You know, yeah. like, or <laughs> the British version as well. And um, <laughs> it, what is the British version? Just, just don't, don't talk you about it talk at all. About it, actually, no, you wouldn't. There is no British version. You go. Hey, all right. Anyway, um, did you see the football last night? <laughs> That's how we deal with, with stuff yeah. like that. And I like I have a mate with cancer in the UK, and we we have been terrible about talking about it. And and like I. It's funny, we, we catch up and then we go, oh, we didn't talk about it. And then we send a message and then we'll have a few emails and go, hey, how you doing? Like that kind of thing. And then and we, the same thing happened here. It's like he you know, sent me a message on WhatsApp and, and that's kind of how we talked about it. Um, but, but to be honest, like some of the people who are like closest to me don't talk about it. Um, and 
it's it's kind of it's kind of strange do you right? want them to talk about it though because you don't cause, know and yeah. this is the thing right <laughs> like i don't want to talk about it yeah this is di- but you want other people to talk about it i wonder if we were like it. talking about it right now without a microphone in my face whether i would talk about it because uh, i feel like i'm doing something right. right i don't know um, you get in a yeah. room is like, hey, let's talk about depression. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> With no microphones and no agenda, just saying, hey, Andy, do you want to catch yeah. up? Sure. Let's I get a bottle of whiskey out and talk about depression. When we get to the bottom of that, we're going to talk about depression. For those playing the home game, there is a bottle of whiskey. It's only halfway through, but yeah. uh, we're we're having a crack. So, so back to the the, the point, I guess, is that um, I feel like. I would be in a much better place if I could almost like just give signals to people, right? Right. And just say like, you know, you can actually see without me even telling you how I'm doing right now. You don't need to ask me that awkward question. And you just need to know that maybe you should approach something in a different way. Um, and I, and, I, and I, it's almost like, you know, like your watch could glow red. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> he's going to blow. <laughs> just electrocutes your enemies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, that's maybe not quite quite right. But I, what I feel is like there's the ability to predict so you know something's going to happen. It's worth also exploring. There's the ability to like just let people know. Yeah. And, and that's what these campaigns are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Awareness, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe you don't need to put someone in this situation where they have to tell you that they don't feel good because if you're in that situation you don't want to tell someone that you don't feel good yeah right like you want to put on a brave face and for things to be to be okay so that's kind of what i'm researching at the moment and i'm cool i'm looking to maybe do something about it are you still looking for people to be involved Absolutely. okay so maybe that's a good way to finish up yeah how to get in touch how can they get in touch absolutely with you? so how um, so it does take us to the end of the show so we go around the table and find out how people can find you so uh, you're on Twitter I'm on Twitter Andy? on at A-D-W-R-I-G-H-T-Y A-D-W-R-I-G-H-T-Y and Andy at For The People agency cool very very good Leechworth at Twitter but Snapchat is coming it's going to be huge great you can you can dabble in Instagram in the meantime. It's no, like a nice no, I'm, not, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leapfrog that one. <laughs> it's like you have to leapfrog occasionally. You've you've leapfrog. Are you gonna so pivot and do the thing? I'm not gonna pivot. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like your your iPhone, you're gonna jump over six. Are you? No, no, you're gonna go to six. I'm not even gonna hop properly. I'm gonna crawl yeah. to <laughs> behind <laughs> two years behind everybody else. Where's what are you doing? You're embarrassing <laughs> me. I'm trying to be techie here. Um, you can follow my um, non techiness at Flynn Tracy on everything. If you enjoy it and want to support the show, the best thing you can do at the moment is give us a five-star review in iTunes. Thanks, everyone, that has done that so far. It helps us out a ton, um, helps new people find the show. You can find this episode or more at ausdesignradio.com, and you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at ausdesignradio. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was really good. Thank you. Thank you.